Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah chapter 40. Hallelujah. I will shorten my message as a result of all the ministry that's already happened. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Got to be spirit-led, man. Let God, let God do what He wants to do. Um, you know, because of how much that God loves us, um, there has been an invitation extended to you and me um, to overcome. Yeah. And, um, you know, overcoming is not a product of our own strength. You know, we don't overcome in our own strength. In fact, if you do overcome in your own strength, um, it, can, it can build an idol that would try and separate you from the Lord. Uh, your, your, self, your strength and your self-effort is not what God wants at all. Um, he wants to be a savior to you. He wants to rescue you. And then he wants to rescue you. Then he wants to empower you so that you with him can overcome together. Uh, there's a lot to be overcome right now in the world and you know everything that's going on. And um, there's a lot of storms, a lot of challenges. But um, God has invited you um, to overcome with Him. You know, not in your own strength, but in His strength. And so that's one of the joys that He has as a Father. Because there's not anything that any of us are facing that's greater than Him. No... No heartache, no sickness, no trouble. Uh, there's nothing this life can generate that's stronger than Him. And so it's His joy to partner with you in overcoming together. Amen? We're encouraged to overcome over and over again in Scripture. And what causes us to overcome is His love for us. We are more than conquerors through Him that has loved us. And so um, you're invited into a place of victory. And, uh, but once again, it's a surrender. It's not a striving. You're not trying to climb up a ladder to be worthy to overcome. Um, you actually fall back into his arms and surrender and let him carry you through. That's how salvation operates. That requires trust. Self-effort doesn't require trust in God. It requires trust in self. And so we, we have this invitation. And, you know... Um, Currently, Eli uh, is uh, swimming, learning how to swim and all this stuff. So he's in the water all the time, and I love it. And he's such a busy child that the water slows him down enough and makes him dependent enough upon me that we can have quality time together for a couple hours. <laughs> because outside of the water, he's so independent that he'll hang with you for a little bit, but then he's got to go, he's got something he's got to work on. <laughs> it's just like that, you know? And so the water creates this place where he's dependent upon me. And so it's like really cool for me. So we get this quality time together playing in the water and all that. Yeah, it's awesome. And, um, and so, you know, but he can potentially get nervous in the water because there's all these big kids that are running around everywhere, you know, and they're not thinking about a little toddler in the water. And so, but he knows that if he'll take my hands and latch in with me, like, as long as, as, as he's in my hands, he's invincible. Like, I'll pick him up in the water, and we'll sling him around, you know, and then we'll go up into the, the fountain right here. But, you know, I'm, I've got a hold of him, so I'm protecting it from hitting him in the face. Kids can run by, and I'll just pick him up and sling him over this way. As long as he's in his father's hands, he's safe. And he's empowered to overcome. 
And he's not overcoming in his strength, he's overcoming in my strength. Now, no one enjoys that more than me. He enjoys it, not as much as I do, because I love him. And so, think about, and if I love my two-year-old that much, think about how much more God loves you. God loves you so much more than I love him. And God wants to take you by the hands and, and lead you into overcoming all this crazy chaos that's going on right now. And he wants to overcome with you. But he needs you to trust him. Because trust is the connection point between the hands. Um, and in order to trust him, you're gonna, you can't draw from what's going on in the world. It's not going to produce trust in your heart towards the Lord. Um, and you also can't even draw from your past experiences. You can to some degree. I mean, everybody that's watching, that's in here right now, that you've had times where the Lord delivered you. Can I get an amen? The only reason you all are even here is because the Lord has delivered you, right? But I believe the deliverance that God wants to bring into your life is a greater deliverance than you've ever experienced or known. Because it's not just a deliverance for an individual, it's a deliverance for a group of people. And I'm talking about believers. You know, uh, God, God, God wants to protect and keep and bless and prosper and flourish His believers because they are the salt and the light and the preservative that keeps this darkness from overwhelming everything. Now, in, in God doing that for believers, it doesn't mean He's excluding the unbelievers. Because what, what's supposed to happen is the light in our life is supposed to be attractive to those that are in darkness. And so the light, the blessing, the happiness, the joy, the peace, the supply, the health, the healing, the blessing that's on your life should be a beacon in the night, should be a lighthouse of those people don't judge me. It's like, you know, the reason you can minister to that guy is because you, you weren't judging him. If you just sit up front and be like, look at this drunken heathen in the back seat, bless God, I need to turn up my praise music and cast the devil out of him. <laughs> now, had that happened, no ministry would have happened. But self-righteousness would have been amplified. And it would have been one more strike against God's true character of love. Which really is a greater tragedy than even that broken moment. It's that there's one more lie expressing that we have a God that doesn't love us. Which hides his face. And so, thank God that did not happen. And um, it was a place of ministry. Uh, but... You're, the blessing and the protection that's on your life is for you because God loves you, but it's also so that you can become a safe place for other people. Amen? And so um, that's an encouragement to you as an individual, but it's an also encouragement for the, for the help that's going to flow through you. But uh, trust, right? Trust is what links you to the Father's hands. Trust keeps you in that place of rest. You can draw from your past experiences in this sense David drew encouragement that he killed the lion and he killed the bear. Amen? And so you have testimonies that will allow that. However, but what I want to show you is the nature of this deliverance that's coming into your life is greater than anything you've ever known. And so you don't have anything that you can really compare it to. 
Um, and so I need you to put your expectancy, not even on your past experience, but what we're seeing in the Scripture concerning the promises of God. Because God wants to bless you so much during this period of time. I'm telling you, this is what God does. In times of famine, in times of trouble, God blesses His people. Not only to protect them and to keep them, but to create a place of influence for them so they can help other people. Okay? The body is going to be supplying. You know? I'm talking about the body of Christ, not just an individual church. You know, as one person's led to do this, another person's led to do this, God's just firing on all cylinders, and there's a tremendous harvest, and uh, it's going to be really awesome. But, so, set your expectancy according to Scripture and what God does in times like this. Amen? Um, that's really important. Now, the, the, so you're invited into this place of overcoming. Now, here's the thing. Um, and, and, and this is the analogy that's just been in my heart big time. And I've shared this in, some, you know, in the conference that I was just in and uh, preached it out in, and even in Knoxville. But, um, you know, an eagle does not fly in the storm. The eagle sets his wings and flies over the storm. Above the storm is great calm. Above the storm is no danger. Above the storm, you have a vantage point to where you can see down into the storm. But it does not affect you personally. Now, the eagle does not soar over the storm, once again, as a result of his effort. The eagle soars over the storm as a result of his design. He was designed to. So when the storm comes, he doesn't flee, doesn't hide. He just sets his wings, sets his expectations, sets his hope, sets his wings. And then the turmoil of the, the wind and the storm launches him above it. And then he's in this place of days of heaven on earth, which is what God has for you. Days of heaven on earth, Psalm 89. Deuteronomy, this is what God has for you right now, is days of heaven on earth. Peace, calm, blessing, happiness, joy, uh, uh, the kingdom. Um, so, and I, now listen, I'm not saying you're not going to have challenges. Okay, I'm not going to say, I'm not, you know, preaching this concept of Pollyanna Christianity. But, but I'm saying that you are linked to the hands of a source that's greater than you. And when your challenges come, the Father will guide you through those. Okay? So I'm not saying there's going to be an absence of challenges. I'm not saying there's going to be an absence of storms. But there is a place where, folks, we can fly above this. We don't have to get caught up in the fear of this life. We don't have to do that. It's a place. Amen? And this place has a lot to do with what you focus on. You know? If, if, you, if you focus too much on the media, you're just not going to have peace. You know? I mean, you're just not. By design. By design. By design. Well said. And so, here's the thing. You're going to go through this season, <laughs> period, because the Lord is with you. However, you could enjoy it. <laughs> That's my challenge to you. You could enjoy it. 
You're going through regardless. You can either enjoy it or you can not enjoy it. It has a lot to do with, with what you focus on and uh, what you take in and then taking advantage of this blessing that's yours. Amen. This blessing, man, this thing, this thing fires on all cylinders when all hell's breaking loose. Yeah, come on. It's what it's designed for. Come on, the blessing of Abraham that you've received in Jesus Christ. It's, uh, it's really powerful, and it does its best work in times of turmoil. You know, and we, y'all, I've taken y'all through the scriptures before, but, you know, the, the famine in Abraham's time, he came out blessed. The famine in Isaac's time, he came out blessed. Um, you know, it's, it, it, famine does not have the ability to conquer the blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord shines brightest. See, a tree that's planted by the rivers of living water, y'all seen trees planted by the riverbanks, right? They stand out most during drought. When, when it's all sunny and shiny, you can't tell who's linked to what. You can't tell who's, who supplies what. But during drought, you find out who has supply and who doesn't. And, and the trees that are planted by the rivers of living water, they stand out during that period of time. They still provide shade. They still provide blessing. Amen? And uh, you're called uh, to stand out in this season. You're called, you know, part of that blessing, you know, Bible uh, told, told Abraham, said that the Lord was going to make his name great. Now, the purpose of that is not to uh, exalt you or to bring attention or focus to you, but how many know that your level of influence can be increased wherever you're at? What are you talking about? I'm talking about at your work, with your family. How many know God can give weight to your words so that your words um, have impact? And a lot of the weight of someone's words is based a lot of times on their circumstance just in the eyes of other people. And so, how many know that the blessing came so strong on Abraham and on his kids that everyone took notice? You know, kingdom, kings were basically like, look, you're making us look bad. You're going to have to leave. <laughs> I mean, like, that's what was happening. And, um, and because of how, much, how strong the blessing was on his life, it gave him a tremendous amount of influence. And how many know when you have influence, you can speak into other people's lives? Amen. And so this is, this is God's plan. This is God's intention. Um, this is what God has for us. So it's time to keep our wings set, fly above the storm. Keep our expectancy on good. Amen? Um, and your expectancy on good based upon the obedience of Jesus Christ. Not based upon your own personal obedience. Very important. You're not going to tap into the riches of the new covenant if you come carrying your... Uh, contract. Yeah, this is what John deserves. You know what I'm saying? This is what Dan deserves. I've been this good, I deserve this much. Um, if you come carrying a contract, you will be rewarded according to your contract. And you don't want a contract. How I many you know the, the blood covenant is a better contract than what I can produce in my hands? Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to the good father, to the good master with the, with the, with the covenant of his son in my hands. And say, I want everything Jesus deserves. Because he paid for it. You know? And if he paid for it, I want it. Uh, how many of you know that is not, that's not selfish. How many of you know that's actually honoring the Lord? It's honoring what he did. Amen. You may think, well, I just want this, I just want that. No, 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 no. David said, how shall I, you know, glorify the Lord? I will take the cup of salvation and I will drink it down. 
I feel like that's a, a you know a, a prophetic typology of uh, the new covenant and uh, communion. You know, um, God wants you to drink in all that He has for you. Amen. And uh, that is glorifying the Lord. So, in your ex- when you're expecting, don't set your expectation based on what you deserve. Set your expectation based on what Jesus deserves. Amen. And then that's where righteousness starts coming in. See, the whole the whole link to this blessing is righteousness. Amen. Uh, that's 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 where the blessing comes from. I mean, you know, Abraham was was imputed righteousness. It's imputed to him, right? Given to him, set to his account, to his credit. He couldn't have it physically until Jesus died, because salvation didn't happen until Jesus died. But now this this gift of righteousness. Uh, this is this is the game changer, amen. And uh, let me let me finish this passage, and we'll, we'll step into that. Isaiah forty and verse twenty eight. It says, "Has thou not known? Has thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, faints not, neither is weary. There is no searching of His understanding. He gives power to the faint, and to them that have no might, He increases strength." Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail, not based on personal strength. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. That word renew is actually the word change. God wants to change your strength into his strength. God wants to link you and unite you to his hands. Not to the work of your hands, but to the work of his hands. But they that wait upon the Lord shall change their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Come on, soaring. Soaring, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And so, um, this is what God has for you. He wants He wants you to set your wings to soar, to set your expectation on good, uh, to receive good. Can y'all believe that God will take care of you during this time? Can you believe that not only is He going to take care of you, but He's going to multiply you abundantly in a way that you've never known before in your life? Amen. Can you believe that? That's what he says, you know, that's what he says, you know. Uh, and so anyway, so turn to Matthew 6 real quick. And so as, as this happens, and as God lays out the plan for us, and what that's going to look like, um, there is a streamlining of priorities. A streamlining of priorities, um, which will simplify your life, and will help keep things in proper perspective. Uh, how many know everything is trying to uh, sit in the seat of number one priority of your life? Everything's screaming, I'm the most important thing, I'm the most important thing, I'm the most important thing. And so as a result of all these small fires, it can be really easy to get distracted, you know, and get, ah, you know, just freaked out, full of care, full of worry, full of anxiousness. That is kind of the atmosphere that's, that's around right now. We need a laser-like focus to get through the fog. Amen? And, uh, and when you get off focus, how many know the, um, the lighthouse is still shining, bringing you back to the right path? So that never, never, never allow the weight of your salvation to be upon your own ability. This is a rescue. Amen? So don't allow... Don't allow pressure to come in. But there is a focus that God can bring into your life that's going to actually help you get through the fog and the dismay. And, uh, and we see that in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 31. In this chapter, uh, Jesus is talking about how the Gentiles seek after things. You know, they're, they're trying to have food and clothing and things and all of, all of that. You know, in the vast majority of the world, uh, their primary focus is money. You know, money is, I would say, the number one God 
on the earth. Not Satan, not Allah, you know. Um, when I say number one God, I mean number one idol. Um, but, and so he's saying, because in times like this, people can get scared and they can really get money focused. And um, that's not what God wants for you. We, we see our priority here in Matthew chapter 6 in a time where, you know, they're talking about having things. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31, it says, it says, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or how shall we be clothed? Take no thought, saying, How should we go back to school? Should we wear a mask? Should we not wear a mask? <laughs> you know, what are, what are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about that? What are we going to do about this? You know, there's so many questions. And it's so hard to plan anything right now because there's so many questions. But what I'm saying is don't, don't fall into the question territory. Relax and do this one simple thing. After all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. Here's your priority. Here's the streamlining of your purpose. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. So this is your primary. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? Righteousness, peace, and joy. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What does that mean? Uh, maintain Jesus and his righteousness as the number one first thing in your life, and then allow the kingdom to have expression through you through love. I mean, you know, when Brian was ministering to that guy, love was flowing. I mean, you know, when you're out in your community, let love flow. Don't let fear stop up the flow of love. Love keeps you clear, keeps you clean, keeps you focused, keeps you running properly. Fear makes you self-conscious. And so not only, you know, number one thing is to receive God's love for you, but folks, let, let it flow to your family. Amen? Let it flow to your kids. Let it flow to your spouse. Let it flow to your coworkers. Let it flow to your friends. Let love flow because it'll, it'll keep you healthy and it'll keep you good. And that is the kingdom operating in your life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, His righteousness. All these things will be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. What's that talking about? I say, don't worry. Chill. Seek first the kingdom of God. Amen? Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. What Jesus is saying right here is stay focused on me. Don't worry about the future. And don't get caught up in the past. Live in the right now. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Amen. Then all these things that you need will be added unto you. Amen. Now let's turn to uh, Galatians chapter 3, please. And so this is the invitation. The invitation is to overcome. Uh, it's a time to, you know, to stay focused. And when you, when you get off focus, you just get back um, focused. It's understanding that um, this, this uh, gift of righteousness, this blessing uh, that's been given to you, um, it is what is really going to preserve uh, your, your place of light and living in days of heaven on the earth. Galatians 3.13 it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having been made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. So here's this blessing, this powerful place of protection. Within this blessing, there's protection, there's financial abundance, there's influence, there's renewal of youth, there's fruitfulness and childbearing, and then probably more important than anything else is you're the friend of God. Your relationship with God is not uh, based in legalism. It's not based in slavery. It's not based in unworthiness. 
You, when you understand you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, you have this relationship with God. You're a friend of God. You see that exemplified in Abraham's life. God came and said, look, you know, I can't do all this stuff on the earth until I talk to Abraham first. What was he showing? Relationship. Relationship. And then, he, then they came down and, and the Lord had dinner with him. Relationship. Simple. Just relationship. Friendship, man. And uh, between Abraham and God, there was no concept of him not measuring up and not being good enough. He just knew, man, this God, he has been nothing but good to me and he loves me. And he's my friend. And how I many you know, that's a beautiful place of relationship. So contrary a lot of times to what we were taught. But when you understand that you've been made the righteousness of God, all of these things God is bringing forth and working into your life. Amen? And, um, and that, this is a big part of our, our, our preservation during the time that we're living in. So, very important, do not give place to condemnation. Do not give place uh, to the enemy trying to bring accusation or condemnation against you. Let Jesus handle that. Amen? Now, let's turn to Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to switch gears here just a little bit because um, in the time that we're living in, um, there's going to be a lot of opportunities. Okay, I think there's going to be a lot of ministry opportunities. I think there's going to be business opportunities. Um, I think there's going to be opportunity. And um, it's important because, you know, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine at the, um, at the, uh, at the conference. And because uh, I, I ministered Sunday morning at that church. And then he came in and he tagged in on it. And what he shared was just so good. And he talked about how because of the fact that so many people are drawing back as a result of all the things that are going on, um, it's, it's, you know, it's causing businesses to be vacated. You know, it's causing different buildings to be vacated. It's causing, uh, you know, there's like a vacuum that's being created. And people that will be led by the Spirit of God and will have the courage to step forward will occupy the vacuum. Go in and possess and build and increase. <laughs> while other people are drawing back. And, and it, it has the opportunity to be a real place of wealth inversion, blessing inversion. I mean, you know, wouldn't it be great to defund pornography? Yeah. What if we defunded pornography and took all that money and put it in the church? Do y'all think that would impact the world? I think it would forever change the world. And there are things that need to be defunded. There are things that need to... Uh, have its financial legs cut out from underneath it. You know, human trafficking and, and drugs and, and uh, all of these horrible things. And uh, the, the, the reason the world is in the state that it's in, honestly, uh, well, number one is because the love of money is the root of all evil. And the wrong people have the money. Okay? You know, if you split up the money equally, uh, you know, they did a study. If you split up the money equally, all the supply that's on this planet, every man, woman, and child would have $10 million. So there's not an absence of money or an absence of stuff. There's too much greed. And so I believe that in the time that we're living in, there's going to be opportunity for the people of God to really move forward and to launch out spirit-led and to see increase. And I believe that in the business world, I believe that in the you know, ministry and all of these things, there is a vacuum that has been created as a result of fear, and people that will have the boldness to step forward can step into that vacuum and can prosper. Now, once again, you need to be led by the Spirit of God, and you do what God's telling you to do. Amen? There's no pattern for this. The, the, the patterns are out the window when, when there are days like this. Patterns don't work anymore. You know what works? Following the Lord. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what works. And so it's a real time to have that place of relationship. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. 
all these things will be added unto you. But uh, Monday night, him and I are going to do a Facebook Live together, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. His name's Mark Matchin. He's a good friend of mine. He uh, pastors a church in Birmingham. But we're going to do a discussion, and we're gonna, I'm going to let him just explain um, and put uh, some more detail and put some legs to some of the vision that God's placed in my heart. So if you guys get a chance to watch that, I think it'll be a blessing. But there's going to be a lot of opportunity that's going to arise. And how many of you it's important to take opportunity, you know, as you're led? Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7, uh, it, it, it's just something that the... She, no, no, that's wrong. Luke, Luke 11 and verse 9. It says, Ask, and it will be given to you, and you will find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and him who knocks, it will be opened to him. And, um, and then he goes on, you know, giving an analogy, saying, look, I'm good. I don't give bad things. I give good things. And so how many know that uh, opportunity comes, but how many know it, sometimes you've got to move forward? How many know sometimes you've got to knock on the door? Got to, um, you know, it's easier to, to, to guide a moving vehicle than a parked car. And so I say all that to say this, just be before the Lord, say, Lord, where are, my, where are opportunities for me? Opportunities, obviously, for ministry, but also opportunities for, for you to be blessed personally in this period of time. And um, it's really, it's, it's a key time. So um, then let's, let's turn to 2 Kings chapter 7, and we'll close right here. But uh, I just, just wanted to, to, in closing, you know, we're, this, is, this is a time uh, when great tragedy had hit an area. Um, they were being uh, besieged by an army, and uh, you know we've never had to experience anything like that, thank God, but I can only imagine what it would look like to be a part of something like that. But this city is surrounded by an army. Nothing can come in. Nothing can go out. The people in the city are starving. Um, it's a very tragic, horrible um, situation that's going on. But what I want to do is I just want to show you how God uses a couple outcasts to bring deliverance to the entire city because they were willing to step out in a time when everyone else was afraid. So 2 Kings chapter 7, Then Elisha said, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Tomorrow about this time, a seah of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel, and two seahs of, bar- of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. So he, the, the prophet declares everything's about to go back to normal. I know it looks crazy. I know it look, you know, people were starving and dying and all that, and, and the word of the Lord comes, and everything's about to go back to normal. And so an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? He's saying, well, there's no way God can fix this. And he said, in fact, and the prophet speaking to the man said, in fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Once again, um, if you want to enjoy something that the Lord has provided, believing is necessary. You're only going to enjoy what you believe. This guy is saying, hey, look, there's no way it's going to happen. And, he, and, and the prophet's like, you're going to see it, but you're not going to taste it. And uh, so I encourage, I encourage all of us uh, believing in the goodness of God. And uh, which will create an expectancy for good. Okay, and so then he goes on to say, And now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate, and they said to one another, Why are we sitting here until we die? 
If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we shall die also. Now therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall only die. And so here's four outcasts, four lepers, uh, who are in a situation where because of the fact that they feel like they have nothing to lose, because of the fact that they're in this situation that's brought them to a place of unusual action, the, the Lord uses these four outcasts to bring a tremendous victory in the city. Let's look at it. It says, And they arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of the chariots and the noise of the horses, the noise of a great army. So they said to one another, Look, the kings of Israel have hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore they arose and fled at twilight and left the camp intact. Their tents, their horses, their donkeys, <coughs> and their camp, they went... Uh, and they went into one tent and ate and drank and carried from it silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them. And then they came back and entered another tent and carried there from them also and went and hid it also. And so here these guys are basically, they're just spoiling an entire army by themselves and enjoying a tremendous abundance because they had the audacity to take a step forward. And so, but the beauty of it is, is they don't just enjoy it for themselves. And this is key, man. The kingdom is always like this. The kingdom never runs on selfishness. It's always, always runs on letting it flow to you and letting it flow through you. Mm-hmm. And so they, then they said to one another, we are not doing right. This is a day of good news. And we remain silent. If we wait until morning light, some punishment will come upon us. Now, therefore, let us go and tell the king's household. So they went and called to the gatekeeper of the city and told them, We went to the Syrian camp, and surprisingly, no one was there, not a human sound, only horses and donkeys and tents. And the gatekeeper called out, and they told it to the king's household. And the king arose in the night and said, Let me know, tell you, the Syrians have done to us. And they know that we are hungry, and they've hid themselves, and they're going to come out and ambush us. And one of the servants said, Please let several men take five of the remaining horses and go down there and, and see what's going on. So anyway, so eventually they, they go back. And they find out that it's true. And the Lord has wrought this tremendous uh, deliverance. And then it goes on. Then the people went out and plundered the tents of the Syrians so that a sea of fine flour was sold for a shekel and two seas of barley for a shekel according to the word of the Lord. And so God had a plan of immediate deliverance. Okay? And, and what I want you to understand is, is not only did the deliverance come and change everything. But how many know it, it, it spoiled the finances of an evil army and brought them into the people's hands? And so what I really feel like is going to happen is there, there is going to be a spoiling of some of this world system and the blessing is going to be brought into the people of God's hands and there's going to be a redemption that happens to that money so that that money can serve God and not fuel, you know, abortions or, or pornography or human trafficking or, um, or the drug trade or any of those things. And I really, 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 really believe that if we will just have the courage to move forward, that God will lead us into some awesome things. And so, uh, and one of the key elements of, of that expectation 
is understand that God's good and God's got a plan for your life and God's for you. Don't get caught up into thinking that God is punishing you or that God is against you. It's just flat out not true. It's a lie. And if you don't understand that, then it's going to be difficult for you to have the expectation that you need so that you can set your wings and you can soar. Condemnation and soaring don't go hand in hand. That's why you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. The key element is you understanding who you are in Christ and the fact that all of these things Jesus paid for, and you now have a right to them as the children of God. Amen? Amen. Cool. So, amen. Awesome. So with that, um, FEMA needs a giving envelope. Uh, we'll get one to you. Those of you guys that are watching online, uh, just want to say thank you for partnering with us. And those of you out here, thank you for partnering with us. We appreciate you and are grateful uh, that people partner with our vision. Amen. Uh, these are very different times, man. It's uh, just very different. I mean, we have a large part of our... Uh, our audience is online, you know, and so we just want to say thank you to you guys that support us online. If you don't know how, you can go to gracepointgeorgetown.com, um, and you can give there, and there are links and stuff that you can follow, but uh, we just want to say thank you to everybody that supports us. So, Father, we just uh, thank you and praise you for the opportunity to give. We ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. Amen.